transmitting to you from Old Heart Radio. Prepare to have your bones chilled and your hairs raised. It's the Whack Arnold's Brothers Podcast. Welcome home. Recording in progress. So, <laughs> I just, I, just, I just want to say really quick because pe- people are uh, probably wondering, you know, why they didn't get an episode this last weekend. I'm throwing you under the bus. <laughs> oh, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> you know, no, it's that time of year. When life happens, life happens, man. And yeah, like in between, I'd say like in between dealing with like work and just stress and school like my body just fucking had a cave-in moment this last week where it was just like so it it happens this is still episode 30 yeah Yeah, doing things a little different um just to kind of give a little explanation so we feel like every now and then you know we're gonna do a special episode and you know eventually we're gonna talk about you know eight the, the decade of the 80s and the 90s and yada yada but you know we figured we okay. start with the 70s we obviously we could have started earlier but i feel like the 70s is when especially like mid 70s and on is where horror starts getting like really popular and there's some big horror names i mean because there's, there's obviously you know before then there's a lot of good I'm not saying horror started in the 70s by any means, but I'd say that's when it really starts gaining steam and popularity. Fair enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like uh, in the 70s, especially like when, you know, going through and trying to like pick out these, you know, some movies to talk about, you realize how much happened in the 70s in terms of horror movies. And yeah, you're right. Like 100%. Like it's not like the 70s was like, you know, the beginning of horror, but. I think in terms of what we think of as modern horror, like that's a really good starting point because mm-hmm. because you you know you have some like breakout directors, you have some like kind of themes that really start like populating the next decades, you know. True. Uh, but and yeah, I think I mean, and that's a good point how you how you just said themes that populate the next the next uh, decade because in the early like first couple years of the 70s there's a lot of movies that are just like vampire this vampire that like branching off of what was popular in horror before you know what i mean and then mm-hmm. in the like in the late 70s that's when like you know we're gonna talk about halloween obviously but first shout out black christmas in 1974 those are like two of the earliest quote-unquote slasher movies that you know helped the boon of the 80s which was like the fucking slasher decade you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure yeah and also black christmas was it might be one that we we cover here upcoming because i want i want i thought it'd be fun to talk about that that's a classic um but yeah so yeah yeah, you're right it's 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 like it bleeds like things from the 70s i mean just just like things from you know the 60s and before bled into the 70s there -hmm. was just this moment where i think you know whatever was happening in you know in terms of like the direct like the directors and the writers and and even acting um you know it it sort of just like had this like moment where it just all blended together with these influences and where where things were like heading in in terms of like future direction and it just fucking 
like i don't know there's just something magical about the 70s the mm -hmm. 70s horror i mean just like uh, just like the 80s uh, as well but i think the 80s was was a different beast but the 70s yeah it's yeah. uh you know they really started playing with uh just uh, you know uh, lots of different things you had um i mean one of the movies that, that i want to talk about i'll just jump into it carrie okay so real real quick i just want to point out that to the viewers obviously we're not going to mention or talk about every single movie made in the 70s we're, no. we like kind of like our plan is we each have a couple of movies we selected that we're talking about and then along the way we're going to talk about you know some shout outs but yeah get, yeah get started with what you were gonna well, say i wanted to i wanted to jump into carrie because because one of the things that it you know talking about the 70s and stuff it reminds me of the carrie came out in 1976 so it's on the latter half of the 70s but it's the first film adaptation of a stephen king like work and mm. that that became well it's also it's also his first novel too yeah and that and that became this this you know like you know resource to pull from uh, in in the future, you know, because because mostly because I think you see the success of how how Carrie like hit fa with fans, you know. Totally, totally. Like, I mean, it's it was like a, it's, it's a De Palma it, classic. Like, yeah, De, De Palma. <laughs> it's it's just I mean it's and it, it gives like a, there's a young John Travolta in there. Gives, yeah, is he well, space in yeah. fucking in in the title role, of course, but. And, Pip, and Piper Laurie's in there too. She's done a lot of horror. It's, oh, yeah. it's yeah, dude. It's it, I mean, yeah, the, I, the I, young I, the young John Travolta. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just love it when he gets iced, dude. It it you know I was thinking when I when I was thinking about this movie, it, it reminds me of um, you know you know how with Spider Man, like Stanley and them, he creates Spider Man to to have this like you know branch between you know to like the teenage readers and like the young audience where it's like you'll feel the struggles he goes through mm -hmm. carries the horror movie equivalent of that in a lot of That's ways where, okay. it's, where, where it's like it's like you know she's she's the the brunt end of 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 jokes and shit at school she has a really like awful home life you mm -hmm. know very awful we'll say um yeah you know with her mom being just this overbearing intense like christian lady who you know at times locks her in a fucking closet and, and shit you know it's yeah just, oh it's just it, it it's fucking gnarly but but anyway i just i think you know like in, in a lot of ways this uh you know the novel the movie w w you know it does a really good job of of connecting people with mm -hmm. that like high school like what it was like when they were in high school or, or if they were going through high school at the time you know it's very true and you can even like if you were bullied at all you can like look back and kind of reflect and like connect a little bit and that's when, yeah like, the big moment in this movie where you know carrie's uh psychic powers kind of have this like you know culmination she's covered in fucking pig blood and she's you know which is just one of the most mind blowing it's sequences also like, yeah, it's also obviously like one of the most iconic dude, scenes in horror in general, and one of the most like iconic images and, yeah, of yeah. In horror, dude. Like her just standing there, like yeah. I mean, and you're right, it's you're, you're right. It yeah. was a, it became kind of like a trope in a lot of ways where it was like, okay, how, like there's somebody's gonna pull a prank on on you know this right person, right this person who thinks that they're popular now, and uh, but yeah, dude. That I mean, that whole sequence is just it, it just it. It, you know, if, like I said, if you felt bullied, you can connect with that because that was just, you know, when she gets her revenge, 
with which which also is is interesting because you you get the sense that like in this movie who carrie who you become extremely sympathetic for mm-hmm. you know uh when she's when she's enacting her her psychic vengeance on the fucking you know gymnasium full of you know, you know f- formally dressed high schoolers and shit <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh like you almost get a sense that like she like it, you know wants to do that but also isn't like it's not in her character to do right that. right and it's so a good it's point. this really great conflicting moment and and i think that's one of the things that this movie just does so well is it just it humanizes so much but then it just it it gives you this like epic like uh like tail end of you know where it's true oh i love it i like what i like what you said how like you know people can relate with that and if you've been bullied like you you can live vicariously through this character to to imagine what it would be like to get like your revenge on this people like that bullied you yeah having that connection I know we make a lot of like weird wrestling reference, but that <laughs> that totally reminds me of like in the in the eighties when how people could relate to Stone Cold, where you know he's telling his boss to fuck off and yeah. do all these things that you wish right you up in done. Vince McMahon's <laughs> face with his middle <laughs> fingers, <laughs> like giving your boss whooping your boss's ass, like you know what I mean, like it's yeah. stuff like that that people can really get into, you know what I mean? Yeah, dude, it's 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 that like unleashing of like you know that that stuff that society makes you keep at bay, you know, where you, when you do, you just want to fucking like, I will say this too. The thing about Carrie is it was, it was a great movie and it was successful, but here's a question for you that I didn't think about until now. Cause you mentioned it was the first King work. What if it would have just been awful and bombed? Like, I wonder if that would have had any effect on further adaptations like i wonder if people would have been more hesitant you know what i mean like you don't think about stuff like that yeah dude i mean what i i really i really do think that we would have seen i mean like but like i i it definitely would have impacted like the screen adaptations of any of his work it probably would have impacted him as a writer you know mm-hmm. what i mean like if his name was attached to this and it bombed because it didn't like you know it didn't transfer from one format to the next in a like right in a, in a pro- great way it, it would like he oh man I, I we might not even have the stephen king that we know today you know and i'm you never know i mean because i mean now is, like, like it, yeah. he got to a point where if there was a shitty adaptation like it didn't matter like it was just like well you know but yeah if it's your first one and it doesn't translate well like i wonder yeah, I guess well, it's I'm, just a it's a what if, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, well, yeah, it could potentially kill the steam on your on your on your name. And that's that's sort of what King has become in his life. I mean, not not to discredit any of his work. Stephen King has a plethora of mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows that. But like, you know, Stephen King is like almost a like a, a fucking brand itself. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I you know, I just anyway, I just picked this I pick I picked this movie because you know, like I said, I just I can really connect with this movie. It was, it's a, it's a sweet adaptation, which I thought was a cool, is a cool reference because some other ones down the line are adaptations I love too. And I just like, you know, I, I don't know. I just didn't realize, I guess when looking into it, this was the first one out of mm-hmm. any of his, out of any of his work, but it being from his first novel makes sense. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it you know it was like like you said it was wildly successful. They made it for like one point eight million and made thirty three on it. So, Damn. you know they definitely made made it back. And to this day, Carrie is is 
always being re-released in different you know formats true and, true you know like i have a fucking little framed iconic poster of like you know that just like her headshot of you know covered it's in great. blood and stuff yeah. it's just you get so much great imagery from this movie but, mm-hmm. yeah i don't know so before, before i talk about my first pick i just i want to do some shout outs to a couple uh good italian horror movies that came out in the 70s so 1970 we get uh dario argento's directorial debut the bird with the crystal plumage which you know it's a good movie i don't it, uh, you know for his first movie it, i feel like there's a lot of things that um he would go on to be like staples of his work okay um so 1971 we have uh mario baba's a bay of blood which is a fantastic movie um 1972 I, I just watched this movie for the first time recently uh uh lucio fulci's don't torture a duckling it's, a, it's great go watch it if you've never seen it oh dude uh, I, I have not uh 1975 uh another argento movie with one of the most iconic doll scenes you'll ever see deep red which yeah. is a cla- like most people a lot of people that's like their favorite argento movie and i can understand why um, but the one I wanted to talk about, and this is going to seem obvious to people, if we're talking about 70s horror movies like Suspiria, which is the first, like, probably the biggest um, Argento movie that, if you say his name, people are going to instantly, you know, it's not my favorite. I've mentioned multiple times. And when we do the 80s, I'm going to talk about it again in extent. Yes. <laughs> Phenomena is my yeah. favorite, uh, which it might be like a hot take. But uh, Suspiria is a 1977 horror classic, in my opinion. Well, I, I agree. You can't, I mean, you can't talk about 70s horror movies and not bring it up. You know what I mean? Because it's like, because right. it's, it's an iconic movie. I think it, you know, you mentioned... Uh, some, you know, his, uh, you know, some of his earlier movies, you, you don't really, you see bits of like Argento. And I think he's one of those directors that along the way, you kind of see him really develop his style of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes his, like some of his like later works really fucking awesome, you know, cause, but, but with Suspiria, one of the things I always loved dude was that he uses music so like so well to tell the story to move the story along mm-hmm. you know but mm-hmm. yeah he always has great fucking music dude dude i know that's one of the things i have always <laughs> loved Bray about has great music like i've always loved about his work is that he includes that fucking like he doesn't yeah. he doesn't short you on the soundtrack <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, not at all. He probably was some of the best. Like, and a lot of it was Goblin. You know what I mean? But yeah. Which, uh, which, anyway. So, so to the uninitiated, Suspiria is. Uh, so, Argento also had a, a three group of movies, which is called like the Animal Trilogy. But Suspiria is the first of the uh, um, the Mother of Tears uh, trilogy. Um, because he goes on to do Inferno, which is great. Yeah. And then in 2007, he did the third one, which I've actually never seen, but I haven't seen a lot of his later work because just because I don't know. But anyway, Suspiria is essentially, you know, this haunting um, story of, of this ballet dancer who goes and finds out that 
slowly finds out that the ballet school she's at is like a, a coven of witches. And along the way, there's some amazing lighting, some top-notch cinematography, and some brutal fucking deaths that are just leave you like, holy shit. Yeah, man. Like, ex especially Sarah's death, like, where she's running through and stumbles into a fucking room full of fucking razor wire. That is one of the coolest death scenes ever. Dude, it's so rad. And like, I guarantee you that's like, like you can draw a line from that scene to some fucking Saw movie. You know what I mean? Like, no it, shit. It's such a fucking like, I don't know. Just like, you're just, when you're watching it, you're just like, whoa, it's just, I don't know, gnarly. It gets under but, your skin. You're right, dude. The, some of the deaths in that movie are fucking awesome. Like, like right from the gate, from the, like the movie, you know, a couple minutes in with um, Pat's death, who's just like this character you see really quickly at the beginning, her, that whole first scene with her and that really like, I just love the way his movies look because that wherever they filmed that, that first scene in that like uh, um, apartment complex where her yeah. friend is like, it's just the most unique, visually stunning shit you'll ever see and from that first those first deaths sets the tone for what's to come in this movie and it's just I, you know dude i agree it's, man it's iconic it's a great movie yeah and you know you talk you mentioned the, the like the lighting and stuff that he uses it's it, it it like it really makes that like visually this movie like pop like mm -hmm. like his use of color his use of just like you know like dark and and like bright like he just he i don't know it's just it's one of those like as soon as you start watching it it captures your attention by just the way it looks mm -hmm. and and then you know the music kicks in and then like you mentioned like couple minutes in you get your first fucking like epic death and you're just like where's mm -hmm. this movie going and so right. you're just along for that fucking ride and i remember the first time i watched it man like it unfolds and you're just like what the fuck is like Mm -hmm. I and I when I learned it was part of that like trilogy too, like that that made me seek out Inferno later on because I like for sure. And yeah, I, I love I, I love. Oh it. man, uh, yeah, Inferno is amazing. Yeah, so, but yeah, I, yeah, you know, if again, if, if anybody listening has never watched Suspiria, I definitely encourage them to check it out though because it's like mm -hmm. it's one that like for me I could watch and rewatch most times totally I, I, you know and like that can go for a lot of argento movies like mm -hmm. of course but it also has a you know again like kind of like like that kind of iconic uh i would say like there's like the, the, there's like that um the cover is what i'm talking what i'm talking about like that iconic like movie poster in the cover mm -hmm. like that's one that like man it it it's just i don't know i want to get it like framed or something and just like have it totally. on the fucking wall cuz it's just so I don't know. It's simple, but effective. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I, I would say, like, I've never... I still... I've been... Oh, man. I don't know which movie out of the trilogy is my favorite, though. That's that's the question. I would... I probably would need to have to rewatch them all just to, like, make a firm opinion. Fair. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, really kind of, like, you know groundbreaking stuff that sort of happened during this decade i would say mm -hmm. like i say suspiria was like argento really reaching like a peak or not a peak but like a, a 
like a moment where he like he perfectly knew his vision yes and like that like i said that kind of propelled future projects i think totally you, you see like you see some you know uh others you know i, I want to bring up um 1974's texas chainsaw massacre because that that right. really right. that really brought something to the fucking table when it when it came to horror dude of course i you mean know, where Jesus was Christ. where did toby hooper fucking come from <laughs> <You know? laughs> right like this you know like if if suspiria is a beautiful like amazing masterpiece of a horror movie texas chainsaw is it is it's not not a i'm not saying it's not a masterpiece it is just like this it's a rough fucking movie it is you know what i mean it's it's like on the other end of that spectrum where they give you the grit and they make it look gritty and they like you know yeah you you hear stories about like the filming of that movie and how fucking awful it was like yeah dude <laughs> like i'm you know i'm grateful for the product i'm grateful to also not have been part of production because <laughs> that that's one of those movies that like a lot of people were influenced by and you'll hear that you know what i mean it's oh, a yeah. classic for sure oh yeah well i mean it 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 you know brings you Oh my god, is this correct? Uh, reading the budget, it says it was they they made it for somewhere between like eighty thousand and one hundred forty thousand dollars. I believe it. Yeah, and making back at the box office well over thirty fucking million for that thing. Well, that's like how Halloween was. Like they had some tiny fucking uh, budget. They Hall had tiny budgets and yeah, Halloween had this like dick small budget and made millions of dollars you know what i mean so it's just <laughs> yeah. it, it, it can happen yeah, yeah dude and that's I what that's it. one of the magical things about the fucking these 70s movies is like they just pop dude yeah like, they they, they, re they really brought horror into the fucking popular limelight and i think mm -hmm. this was one of them that, that really like i think of course you know that kind of got people like i mean you have you know little bits of very little bits but but you have in like kind of minor influence from sort of real life events that they they, they stretch and pull into these like wild directions that the and you know mm -hmm. they bring you these iconic characters with Leatherface who has so, gone on to be a part of fucking Mortal Kombat games and shit right. you know what I mean like he's just as yeah what it's like people talk always talk about you know Robert England as Freddy and mm -hmm. Kane Hodder and the other people as Jasons, but Gunnar Hansen's Leatherface doesn't get enough love because, dude, he has. He's just like those other characters. He's transcended pop culture. He's definitely been around. There's even a new one coming out. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, dude, that that's what I mean. Like, it's you know, it, it's it's uh, they gave you this fucking character, and no matter how like gross or weird or vile the character was like you know people were like people wanted to like keep watching and keep like you know oh, staring at it because it was it a spectacle a, it's <laughs> a brutal it's yeah it's one of those movies that a lot of people mentioned that they're it was like hard for them to watch the first time yeah but well, a lot I mean, of, but a lot of the really awful stuff like happens off screen you know yeah, what i mean dude. like there, there's there's like the one the, the one the one shot that always gets me is the uh the oh man the, the shot where leatherface dumps oh, the dude man. with the hammer and it's and amazing it's so good and i don't even know how they capture that sound he just I probably pops out of the door and dude do, oh but fuck. yeah like like he pops out of the door and the sound that he that, that it makes when when he fucking hits the dude in the skull with his hammer is just like 
it's the mo- I'm getting like cringy goosebumps Killed, yeah. thinking about it, dude. It's my spine's tingling right now. Like, like oh, it's- God, that's a human being. <laughs> <laughs> dude, it was so good. And then like he just you know takes the body, slams the door behind him, and it's amazing. And, it's so and, effective. And then everything you your imagination like leads you to what, totally. what's happening off screen is the fucking dangerous part about that movie. Like, <laughs> and I think that's part of why I wasn't a huge fan of like the 2000s remake because mm-hmm. it it was just like a lot of like in your face gore where the first one sure it was brutal but like you said it left a lot to your imagination like you'd see the person up on the hook hanging there yeah but it didn't show you how that person got the, you know what I mean exactly exactly it gave you it gave you brutal moments and gnarly scenes but it didn't like that was like the time period too when that when the remakes came out they were doing like you know true. everything was everything like, was trying to be like as brutal as hostile and it's stuff, true you know it's what true. i mean and it just and, and yeah. you're right though like that's you know that this character this character wears human skin on his face right mm-hmm. you know that this character is not a good character <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to right, see him do right. every fucked up thing but i think mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's one of the things that like you know the yeah, I, I think this this movie like found a really good balance with with mm-hmm. like, you know the on screen and off screen brutality, and I just think it's like, that it leads to some really awesome sequels also. In totally. A way. Oh, I love the dude, second one, dude. Yeah. Dude, this is the <laughs> the second one. I follow Chop Top Mosley on fucking Instagram. Man. Hell yeah, that dude, is awesome, dude. Yeah. Bill Mosley's fucking awesome. But yeah, anyway, like it gives you like it gives you this world that like. That like you didn't know you could die you wanted to dive into but you but you do because it's mm-hmm. fucked up and it's weird and you're just like are there these backwoods incestuous like cannibals on the fucking you know somewhere down on in, in you know wherever the fuck in the south like true yeah because well because it had like that you know the this is a true story thing yeah. you know what i mean which Again. other horror movies throughout the years went and like like a Blair Witch i remember that one was like people thought it was real you know what i mean yeah. so it's just cool when a movie can do that Oh yeah, and and Tony well, Hooper obviously, Hooper went on to you know, Poltergeist so and yeah. Funhouse and all these other great movies. But Texas Chainsaw is like his quintessential classic. You know what I mean? Yeah, the the, quint- the quintessential. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. Oh man. Um, but yeah, you're right. And he did. He went on to do a lot of other stuff. But this, the you know, this, like, just just fucking i think shook people in this way mm-hmm. still you know? does yeah yeah and i again like you know i think what's interesting is that it it does this weird world building like so many horror movies do like if i'm thinking about them like some of my favorite mm-hmm. horror movies build their own little like you know universe like in this way without even trying and and where you're just like okay i want to see like how these characters, like I want to see how bombastic some of these characters can be at times. I want to see True. How, how like invulnerable some of these characters can be at times. You know. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think ta- so, I think Leatherface is one of those characters, though. So I I, I want to do a couple more uh, shout outs before I jump into my next got? choice. So um, 19 another 1971 and uh, Straw Dogs. It's uh Dustin. It's one of Dustin Hoffman's earlier movies. It's one of those classic like it uh rape happens in the movie like revenge type movies they ended up remaking it like so many years back and it wasn't nearly as good um 
1972, one of the most ridiculous horror movies ever made, Frogs. <laughs> um, Frogs. Also, 72, we have Horror Express, which is a with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing, nice. who were like mainstays of all the decades before. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Uh, Last House on the Left, which is Wes Craven's directorial debut, is also yeah. in 72. That's that was right. a good the year. Se- the 70s gave us Wes Craven. Yeah, definitely. So another couple of shout outs real quick. Uh, 70, uh, 73, the uh, George A. Romero's The Crazies. Oh, fuck um, yes, dude. And then uh, Don't Look Now, which is another great Italian horror movie with Donald Sutherland. In I was it. just going to say, is that the one with Sutherland? Yes. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that, that movie's got some spooks, man. <laughs> so you just mentioned when you were talking about... Uh, um, how you get invested in these characters in this world? Oh yeah, yeah. And I and I feel like uh, beginning with in 1979, you know, I I, th- I thought this was going to be a movie you were going to pick to talk about, but Alien, you know, it yeah. ends up. It, Alien is a great movie, but and all the other movies, you're like so invested in like figuring out, like, who are these people? Where did this creature come from? But the first the first Alien, yeah is just one of the one of the most effective movies and i think it's for me um it was one of my like i remember seeing chucky when i was a kid but i think alien was was my first real intro i think we talked about this before like first real introduction to horror and i think a lot of people were the same way where they get started on like a sci-fi horror movie first you know Mm. what i mean but i remember being a kid and seeing ridley scott's alien and just being so blown away with it and just immersed by it it is such a beautiful movie it oh my god dude it is it's 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 a a gorgeous fucking sci-fi movie because you because it 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 has it does so many things right like you feel trapped you Mm -hmm. feel isolated oh god damn yeah which so many movies in space especially these days you don't even like it's not even a factor sometimes when you're watching a film or it's like oh yeah they're in the vacuum of space like this movie like if fuck like you know you can't escape and mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and on top of that like you have this like you know uh this like just the the way like the set pieces look like the way that the ship is designed the way the alien is designed oh my the way God, it's... the way like it it doesn't look like like what you know and mm-hmm. so it places you in this completely different future you know mm-hmm. it's oh god dude they yeah. just they invested so much time into making everything look fucking phenomenal yes from the a from the uh face hugger eggs to yeah. the, the the pilot which we don't even learn anything about until like for like decades later but to the hr geiger's xenomorph like oh man dude god damn yeah I mean, it's and again, the the xenomorph is is a fucking iconic like image. It's a it's a character that has like it, it goes above its medium, you know. Totally. And and oh god, and it gave Jesus, dude. This movie gave us fucking Ripley, like like no this, shit, yeah. like this like like equally if if the alien is an un un fucking killable unstoppable force like ripley's that immovable object you know what i mean like like ripley no matter what's so fucking cool about her character is that no matter like you know she's 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 presented as kind of a badass to begin with but you get this vibe that like 
it's just like you know over, over the course of the movie she's just like fuck it it's me or this thing you know and right, like i'm not right. gonna fucking go down like and that that is a real human mentality you know totally and so it really like you you feel that and you feel that that like as it's picking off your fucking like people like the in like you know that that like further isolation in terms of like oh man this movie just like does so much for you it's amazing like so <laughs> And I love Aliens too, but they're completely different movies. Where totally Aliens is more of like this action. There's a fuckload of aliens. Where this one is totally just this, like you said, isolated. Like there's only one fucking alien, but he's gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's oh, you only need one, man. Yeah, yeah. and like it's and, so amazing. Yeah, dude. this and, this movie gives me chills to this day. Like, uh, yeah, and, and obviously, I'm, it has. Another one of those, like, pop culture, um, the chestburster scene is, was oh. one of those things that was, like, duplicated and replicated and made fun of, and it's still Dude. so effective to this day. Like, Dude. It's amazing. It's so true. Like, the chest, not mm. only, not only does that scene hold the fuck up. Like, right. It, it, oh, God, dude, it looks so gnarly. Just, like, popping it. <laughs> Did you imagine? Yeah, dude, it just will be in. You know, like what's happening internally? That thing's breaking your fucking ribs, rib cage. Out of oh, but anyway, yeah. My favorite. I think my favorite parody of that though to this day is still the Spaceballs one. The Spaceballs, yeah, dude, it's just so fucking great. (laughs) Hello, my lady. Hello, my. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and it's the same actor. Yeah, it's (laughs) (laughs) that's great. Dude, it's yeah, that and and you know, real good point where it's like what they did with that like furtherment of that of the, that series and like those characters, they they did different types of movies later on, mm-hmm. which which is interesting, you know. Um, but the, you know, this one is I don't think I don't know, I don't think they've ever recaptured like the same feel you get from this first one, right? Know? And right. I don't think that I mean, I don't know if they've ever tried, but rumor has it. Ridley Scott has a fit, it has been working on like an alien, like a short limited series alien thing that I'm really intrigued by. I mean, I I, I personally <clears throat> I enjoyed Prometheus and I enjoyed Alien Covenant. So I I've, I've I've watched Prometheus twice and I do like it. I haven't I can't remember if I've like what how I felt about Covenant. <laughs> I don't remember if, like forming a very good opinion when I first watched. That's it. fair. That's fair. Uh, but you know I I. I think that it's a it's a world that's worth playing in. You know what I mean? Totally, totally. Like, this shit gives you the fucking Whaling Corp. You know. <laughs> anyway, uh, true. Yeah, that's it's a really unique one, and I think you're definitely right. Where, like myself and you, like I think a lot of people get their start with that science fiction horror. Totally. That that is the road to go down mm-hmm. if you're gonna start there. But you know, in a kind of. Uh, different it's not science fiction necessarily but um i don't know like religious fiction uh, I, anyway i i have to we we can't talk about the 70s without talking about 1973's the exorcist of course which, not which gives you which <laughs> gives you this like wild it's not like technologically crazy it's fucking like it makes you think demons are fucking real you know what i mean dude, like dude this movie it's one of the most effective horror movies of all time oh my god man it like i like it i don't know i'm not a very religious person but this movie like i remember when i was a kid and i just like the first time 
I, well not when i was like when i first i really watched this movie i just like it had me shook for a second where you're just like man did they like consult with fucking like the catholic church or something like where are these like this this seems so it just feels so raw and real in some of those scenes mm-hmm. and and you then you learn some of the back like again some of the production on this movie was fucking wild um yeah it's like one of those cursed movies you know what yeah. i mean yeah yeah exactly <laughs> And, but uh, it gives you these, you know, really fucking out like amazing performances. That's the thing that I think I really took away from this movie was, uh, is is just like that the actors really you could tell just put it in, you know, and mm-hmm. that, that I completely that, agree. Yeah. That's something that you really don't always get with horror movies. I'd say, <laughs> you know, I think sometimes people try and it becomes it becomes good because of that. But I mean you know just linda blair herself is just like it's like if, a master class of acting yeah that's what I was, I was i was gonna say like you know people want to talk about uh macaulay Culkin being a really great child actor i'm not knocking him but linda blair in extra in the exorcist is like is like far and above like there mm-hmm. i just don't know where she channeled all this you know what i mean uh good it's point just, it's just fucking raw but yeah there's you know all sorts of like gnarly scenes where you know like the whether it's like the pissing in the fucking living room scene which is just like uncomfortable as hell totally where you're just like oh what uh like obviously there's something going on here <laughs> to, to you know the fucking like the the classic vomiting scene which does is, is kind of like a uh you know has become kind of a parody i'd right. say like a, i'd say though there's a yeah there's a lot of things in this movie that have been you know well there's a lot of things in this movie that like have been either parodied or have been mm-hmm. um uh, kind of redone in a lot of ways like this well yeah this, this set a real good i think baseline for like exorcism movies in the future you know because well it also has that like one of the another one of the like reoccurring theme is an iconic shot of the you know the priest getting to the house and uh mm-hmm. just that shot of him looking up at the house which has been done to death since then but it has but there's but it's never as effective as no as in this movie man the silhouette like that silhouette shot of him is like haunting man and it's mm-hmm. it, again it's just like you could take a still frame of that and show that to almost anybody and they'll probably fucking tell you that yeah. that's from the exorcist so i need to make a little confession here is that i uh i'm not one of those people that okay i like this movie but it's not um one of my like all-time favorites which mm-hmm. but also i never really found it scary having said that i could understand why this movie like freaked so many people out and why so many people consider it the scariest horror movie ever made like i can understand that you know what i mean yeah i, I mean i don't think i'd put it up as like the scariest movie ever made you know i think that's just that's just a lie but but you're right like there are people that are like die hard on it and and though mm-hmm. i love this movie it's uh i mean it's a great it's a great movie yeah yeah for sure but but it's like it's yeah it's not like i don't know it, it gives you the creeps and, and like my like most like exorcism type movies it gives me the creeps because of like the the i don't know the potential like realness of the totally of, totally of, of like whoa dude like every, you know there's all these people out there that tell you that demons are real and all this mm-hmm. shit and so you know just like the idea that that could be in an effect and when it's an effective in an effective story like this it 
it really hits you but yeah. um but you know like the a lot of like the scares and stuff in this movie aren't really like super uh i don't know they're not super scary like they're they're they're, they're jump scares you know but it's it's the like i guess like i said i think it's like the performance and like the way totally, they, the totally. way they made like the 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 room where they do the exorcism it becomes like almost this character itself where it's like it, it you know pulses and it fucking it, there's you know things i mean there's a yeah yeah there's amazing you know effects and everything in this movie it, it, it yeah are you are I, you uh, like are you a fan of exorcism movies in general or are they just kind of I mean, weak sauce no i wouldn't say that because i did i do enjoy like i did enjoy like the first two conjurings like mm-hmm. i guess it's just not my favorite you know what i mean for sure but yeah, it, but i like i said i could understand why this people like freaked out so many people especially being young and seeing it like i think a lot of people the reason it freaks them out is because they are religious or mm-hmm. they they would be like 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 what if this happened to my kid like that would be fucking frightening yeah i bet as like watching that as a parent would be it would be a little different like you'd feel that like pull of like yeah exactly like what's happening to my fucking child you know it um, does have uh, it does have one of my favorite like uh scenes in horror though where um near the end where father merrick you know casts mm-hmm the demon out and it goes into his body and he jumps out the window and goes down the stairs like that's such a fucking amazing shot yeah it's it, it, again i'm getting these like weird weeby jeebies from it man like it's it's just such a yeah it's such a powerful fucking like and totally like, you know way to end that but i just you know what's what's weird about this movie and maybe this is just a thing like they've they've always done you know but What's weird about this movie is that they didn't leave it alone. You know what I mean? Like they, like this movie was a perfectly great standalone movie. True. And they like, then they tried to like build on the characters in this movie. Whereas like, whereas like, okay, with Alien, it totally, totally great world to build on. You know what I mean? This Mm -hmm. movie, like you don't need more of it. No, no. It's an effective fucking piece, you know? (laughs) I agree. I completely agree. But like, I think, that was like i think it was just because of the you know like you see like the the you know the popularity of the first ones and then obviously they try and cherry pick things and mm-hmm. i don't know it just but this movie like i think you're spot on where i said where you're like it connects with a lot of people because they're religious you know mm-hmm. and you have that always that kind of question <laughs> like right could this happen <laughs> so another yeah it's true Another couple quick uh, shout-outs here. So, um, another 1973, we got The Wicker Man, which is, you know... Dude, I love that fucking movie. It's just... It's like... I just... I love movies about cults, and so it's just like, you know... Yeah. Uh, we got... Uh, in 1975, we have, you know, one of the biggest movies of the year that we're not talking about in Jaws, which, you know... Yeah. went on to make steven spielberg kind of like a made man you know what i mean yeah um, i feel like we didn't like jaws just to be clear i feel like we didn't need to like talk talk in depth about right, it because the right. world the world knows jaws but that True. being said dude you're right like that movie like literally scared people out of water like you mm-hmm. know what i mean so let's, yeah can't forget that that movie can't made people that. afraid of sharks to this fucking day like mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah you, so you just mentioned something that's going to segue into my next pick, how we didn't need to talk about it. 
And although we didn't need to talk about Halloween, we're going to talk about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like we can't, we can't not talk about it, dude. In terms of right. you know, seventies, just have to. You, you have to. Because the like, it just, it's just one of those movies that, like we mentioned. Um, paved the way for everything that like like it wasn't the first slasher but it damn sure was the first movie where people were like holy shit we can fucking copy this do something like this and just take it to the bank and that's what people did that's like how yeah that's literally how friday the 13th started you know what i mean <laughs> was how can we rip this movie off because i mentioned earlier um like this i think the budget was like 300,000 to 325,000 they made like 60 70 million like that's Dude. insane. Yeah, that's fucking nuts. And it's right. still a, like obviously we just got the most we just got Halloween kills. kills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's still going strong. I don't think and I know John Carpenter's even said that that he had no intention when he made this movie that it was going to turn into the juggernaut that it turned into. Like he just you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't ever think that you know he. Yeah, nor I don't think he ever let it dominate his career. But he didn't. You know, it, I don't think he ever expected it to be that, like the the spotlight. You know, it it is such a. It's it's easily one of those movies that people are like, "What's a good horror movie to watch?" Like it always comes to mind. Like it might sound oh, God, cliche, yeah, but it's just such a classic, and it's still such a fantastic, effective movie. Yeah, dude, I watch, I, I mean, like, I I watch Halloween way, like, way, way too much, like, mm-hmm. in, in terms of, like, uh, other horror movies, I guess. Like, it's one of those, that, like you said, it's one of those you can just, like, kind of turn to, you know, you know it's going to be, a, like, a, an enjoyed, an enjoyable, like, experience either way. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, dude, like, you're, you're right, like, I mean... What, this movie came off of uh, Carpenter. Like, what, what Carpenter did you do right before it? It was like, what was that cop movie Carpenter did? It was a uh, assault, assault, assault on Precinct Thirteen. Precinct Thirteen. Like that. That's yeah. the movie he did right before this movie, I believe. Which, which is like such a wild thing to think because was like, it? I mean, you should this, look that up real quick. He did that in. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I think he did like a. Seven, I think he did a sci-fi like movie. And oh, then there, he did there, a, there, yeah, there was like a, like one that what was the name of that sci-fi movie? Because it was like it wasn't. wasn't I think regarded. Star was in the yeah. Yes. It was like he did a sci-fi movie, then he did Assault on Precinct Thirteen, and then yeah. Yeah, but like it's just it you know like to to dive into the slasher movie is just like mm-hmm. it was just so wild like and you know again creating the Michael Myers character like you did there's just there's just no way of of telling that that's gonna become the icon that it is even though like in the moment it probably felt like i mean in the moment it probably felt like they were just making like a low budget horror movie as best as right. they could you know mm-hmm. oh god dude to well, be on that always, set like i would yeah. love that that, totally. that would be a fun production to be a part of probably because well, they always talk about you know we always, they always talk about how small their budget was with that's like how the mask was made which you know is a story that everyone's heard but it is it's just so great to think like it would have been cool to be a fly on the wall for that to see i don't know it's just it's such it's such a great movie there's so many iconic shots and the one of the coolest things about it too is that it doesn't rely heavily on blood or gore you know what i mean that was always 
always something I loved about that movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can give you can give some, and like it, you know, as horror's gone on, I think people have craved a little blood. Um, but like with this movie, you didn't need it. Like the scare came no. from knowing Michael Myers was fucking out there. Like yeah, and he's gonna kill you. Yeah, you knew. You just knew he was gonna fucking. He's if he got you, he. If you guys hands on it, you were fucking dead. You didn't need to see the slash. And that was the thing that uh, I think was the most distasteful thing that Rob Zombie did when he remade them was that like he like, you know, you knew Rob Zombie was going to put gore in it, but you didn't. Right. You, didn't, you right. didn't need like a shit ton. Fair. In, fair. You know? Yeah, anyway, I know. This, I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. This also gave us a really great Donald Pleasance character. Of dude. course. Like, <laughs> but she just goes on to like get even nuttier and nuttier with it as it <laughs> goes on. Dr. Loomis. Yeah. yeah, arguably the craziest character in the series. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in like four and five. He's just ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think that they had an idea that it would still like go on. You know what I mean? Like, it's just crazy to me. Yeah. And uh, like I said, and it became one of those movies that was just so ripped off. And if it if it wasn't for Halloween, I don't know where 80s horror would have been. Dude, it's I, crazy to think about. Yeah, it, it, I mean, and, you know, this was the, the you know, this, the, just like I think just again, probably the prime example of like the influence that the 70s had you know, mm-hmm. was right here. It's just, you're right. Like, <laughs> I think you mentioned it before, like, like, you know, there's just been so many that just have directly come from, like, you can just trace that line, you know, from how yeah. into that whatever movie. But yeah, this, I just love this. Like, I love the simplicity of so much of this movie while being mm-hmm. so fucking effective. Yeah. But, yeah. Totally. And, you know, we also got a shout out. We shout out John Carpenter. We got a shout out Deborah Hill for being for being there. Totally, just Deborah totally, Hill, that, totally. That was like that was the award winning fucking and the, team back then, dude. Like, and the and the Akkads, you know what I mean? Oh yeah, <laughs> and the Akkads, dude. Um, real quick, uh, before I get to another one of my picks, I, I just want to shout out. We talked about it. I was originally going to talk about it, but you know, in rewatching it, I want like uh, Rabbit by David Cronenberg, kind of it's it's a really great like it's a great shout out because it's a it's it brings some you know elements of what you see from the future from cronenberg but you don't really get like a real full-on like um i just i just missed like the last few things you said sorry god damn it no you're good i was just saying i was just saying uh you know shout when when shouting out uh rabid by david cronenberg um i i wanted uh you know touch on like it's it's a it's an interesting movie because you get you get some like kind of gnarly visuals you know uh there's one scene where you know this uh surgeon's like peeling some skin off of like a thigh and that's probably the most cringeworthy scene in the whole movie because it's like this slow thing and you know cronenberg doesn't like pull away from it and um but but it's not really like it's just interesting like the reason it turned into a shout out was because it kind of became like noticeable that this just wasn't like you know he develops as a as a storyteller totally, so totally. much in in later decades and and this just kind of like had this, like you could tell he was trying to replicate almost um like italian style horror movie directing you know yeah uh, like that giallo kind of style um because especially because at the beginning of the movie there's a huge motorcycle ride 
it's you know it's like the opening credits two people riding on the motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) well i i think the same thing can be said about his about shivers another movie about of his that came out in 75 yeah you can Mm -hmm. see the like groundwork for what came later yeah you know what i mean because like I, I completely see what you're saying. Like, I guarantee you that I'm going to be talking about the, the fly later on. But, oh, of course. <laughs> but, but, you know, shouting out Rabbit, it was just sort of like, it had some interesting moments. It was really, it's a really weird movie, though, where mm-hmm. it's like, you're kind of confused as to whether or not the characters are zombies or like, this yeah, lady has like, like a stinger that like stings people in, from her chest and like turns them into things like, like I don't know. I will, I will say it was creative and unique. Um, it was unique. I was. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you seen um, his son uh, Br- uh, Brandon Cronenberg has this great movie called Possessor? Have you seen it yet? I have not. Oh man, go watch it. It's fantastic. Damn Possessor. Okay. Possessor. Yeah. So uh, another right. another quick another quick couple. Or what were you gonna say? What you got? You got some shout outs? Yeah, a couple more shout outs here. I like doing shout outs. So <laughs> 70, 1977, uh, The Hills Have Eyes. You Shit, know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great movie. Another Craven. Yeah, another Craven. Uh, <laughs> ni- 1978, uh, another Donald Sutherland, in, in which is a, one of the like iconic movies too. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Ooh, like such a great plot, dude. That such movie, a great concept. That movie will forever make people paranoid. You know, totally, what I mean? <laughs> totally. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to do another couple shoutouts before jumping into my. Yeah. Next uh, pick, and this is one of my all-time favorite horror movies. Um, I talked about it before, but uh, Richard Richard Donner's 1976 seminal horror classic, The Omen. Like, <laughs> yeah. holy shit, dude! Dude, I just this movie. It's still one of those movies where when I, when I watch it today, it's just as unsettling and creepy and effective as it was when I saw it when I was a kid. I get it such a oh man what makes it like what what really hits hits that note for you though about about just it's just i i love the idea of is this person evil or not or mm-hmm. and it's just all these awful evil things that are going around this person that are controlled by someone like just that idea you know what i mean yeah and not only that but it's just that that's a such a creepy idea like is your kid fucking Say like the devil, yeah, you know what I mean? Your kid, your kid, the fucking devil. Because yeah, sure. and I just I remember it was one of those movies where the first couple times I saw it, I saw it in bits and pieces. And then I finally saw the whole thing and was just like, holy fucking shit! This movie does it for me. Yeah, it's you know, uh, Un- unsettling is a, is a fucking fantastic word for it. <laughs> Gregory Peck nails in an all time performance. I can't, I don't know the kid's name, but. Just the, just the way the kid looks is fucking terrifying. Yeah. Like he does a great job, too. Talking about yeah, like kid that, actors. The fucking Damien, man, forever. Yeah, Damien's After this amazing. movie, Damien was 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 like a, a unfortunate name for a child, I imagine. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Like, um, like that kid, uh, I just I just looked it up. It's like it's Harvey Stevens. Don't know hmm. if he's at, if that cat ever acted again, but uh like where did that performance come from from that fucking child? right you know what i mean like just like what they tell him to do you know be as sinister as possible but yeah how do you don't, uh, don't look like it 
<laughs> it, it, it was it was it was almost like the kid really was the like dude that's possessed. what got, <laughs> that's what that's what i'm saying like like when i've experienced this movie like you get wrapped up in that like you 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 could just as easily convince yourself that this kid is a fucking devil like, yeah <laughs> yeah know? oh my god just, dude. he's just so menacing throughout the movie and just yeah it, it also has uh two of okay so for it has one of the most unsettling we use that we just overuse that word but it has one of the most <laughs> disturbing sequences of all time which i mean i i don't even need to say the sequence that people will know what i'm talking about but the birthday sequence with the fucking housemaid like yeah holy shit dude that yeah. scene as a kid fucked with me dude i mean in the uh, you know like those those words will never die. Uh-huh. It's, it's all for you. It's amazing. It's so it's amazing. Fucking creepy and mm-hmm. disturbing. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. It's all for you. Oh my. It's it, it, and then, it, and then just the tautness of the rope when it, when she hits. You know, just like it's one of those moments. Like I mean, you see, like ah, uh, you don't, you know, and you don't, you don't. You don't even need to see the moment necessarily, you, you know, like, but, oh my God, it just fucking, it does get you. Yeah. I mean, just thinking about it again, like we've had so many moments while talking about these movies that I've like, I've literally gotten goosebumps. Like, goosebumps, this, this yeah. This is one of them, dude. But this, yeah. It, and then this movie also has one of my all-time favorite death scenes. Uh, and I'll, even so much as sometimes I'll go on on YouTube just to look it up, which sounds fucking terrible. But um, the the plate glass the plate glass window beheading scene oh. is still to this day one of the most gruesome fucking just fucking beheading awesome. scenes you'll ever see, dude. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, this this movie. I mean, honestly. I like this. This movie also gave like a lot of really good kind of groundwork for later, like later stuff. You know, like totally. Like I mean, not only is it a Richard Donner piece, which is, <laughs> that dude went on to do obviously like Superman and stuff. It's wild, but, but you know, like it, like it really gives you like that note like yeah i think you mentioned i think you mentioned it earlier where it's just like it gives you that like parent child paranoia and right like, like it's played is, on so much later on down the road too totally totally it, and but none of them are as good as no. this movie like no you don't need to watch yeah. like go watch this movie like if you've never seen the omen like it's gonna fuck with you yeah put it make sure it's on your fucking on on your next horror movie list like totally Dude. I might go dude. rewatch it soon too. I, I just I was just thinking I about s- that, dude. I was like, I'm gonna fucking watch it sometime this week. Probably. It's just it's 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 fantastic. It uh, oh, Richard yeah. Donner could have never made another movie, and I think that that movie alone would have been people would still be talking about it and still talking about him. Oh yeah, um, yeah, dude. This movie just gets, it gets you. It, it's fucking ridic- ridiculous. Um. Let's see. Oh, I got a couple more shouts before my next one. Sure. Um, I wanted to shout. It's not necessarily a full-on horror movie. I'd say it's more of like a science fiction musical, but it has oh, the, horror, the word horror in its title, <laughs> so I wanted to shout it out. <laughs> so, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. It gives you. It deals with like you know 
kind of like that Frankenstein-esque storyline in a way. You deal with aliens and stuff, so it doesn't it doesn't really give you any spooks, but it's it was you know it came out in 1975 and it really gives you this like it's a great like Halloween vibe. Okay, I'm just gonna throw that out there. No more no more need to talk about it. But shout out to Deserve. I'm gonna say something here that uh, might be um, I might face some backlash for. <laughs> Believe it or not, I have never fucking watched that movie. Oh, dude, Rocky Horror. Rocky Horror is great, man. I know it's got like one of those, one of the largest, if not the largest, like cult followings where people, you know, I'll I'll have a screening of it and they'll all dress up and this, that, the next thing. I've honestly never seen it, which is crazy. Dude, it's it's just, like I said, it's not really like a fucking scare. It's just, it's just like a, it's just a good time. Uh, It's just a, like, yeah, you see some fun performances. Tim Curry obviously nails it. Mm-hmm. Out of the, and you know, and it's just a, yeah, no, it was just a fun energy to it. But yeah, like I said, my, I, my I favorite, Tim, yeah, my favorite Tim Curry will always be Pennywise. Oh, of course, man. Though that that is a character the world will never shake. <laughs> Tim Curry's iconic Pennywise, the clown man. All right, so uh, what's 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 your uh, what's the last one that was your you know? Yeah, yeah. My, I want to talk about Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Rightfully so. Yeah. Is my, I'm going to say that it's probably my favorite zombie movie. And, okay. Um, okay. You know, it's my, it's, you know, we, we, we mentioned that like, you know, the previous decades, you get, you know, uh, plenty of horror. One of them is, you know, 1968's Night of the Living Dead which classic gave us Romero's iconic zombie, you know, and this, which is is still being, you know, fuck. If it wasn't for that movie, man, like, yeah, dude, if that, if it wasn't for that movie, we wouldn't, you know, anybody who ever watched an episode of walking dead wouldn't have a fucking, uh, it's just crazy to me that, that, that the zombie genre is still as popular. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. I mean, they've done. Okay. So, They've definitely. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say this real. They've they've bastardized the zombie in a lot of, of course. ways. You know, I saw this show. Uh, it was about a like zombie detective who like you know like so somehow stupid. she's reanimated and it's like, so dumb. Yeah, and, I like, can, yeah. you know, it's, it's so like, dumb. It's like that kind of crap. It's like that's the twilight of a fucking zombie. You know, movies <laughs> kind of shit. But um, but. Jumping from Night of the Living Dead in '68 to uh, almost ten, yeah, ten years later, yeah, doing he Dawn waited of the Dead. A, I forget what the reason why, but I remember there's like there's a reason why he waited so long to come back to that. Oh man! But, I think he didn't want to be like pigeonholed into like this is what I do type of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I could, which is funny because that's kind of what ended up happening, unfortunately for him. I mean, he did, Romero contributed a lot to pop culture. Well, I'm not going to discredit him there, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it, I just, I love, you know, you were, when we were talking about Suspiria, we were talking about the visual aspect of that movie. Mm-hmm. Like it really like has this aesthetic about it. Dawn of the Dead really captures, uh, like this great kind of visual aesthetic also. I love the brightness of the fucking blood splatter. Blood. Movie, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? It mm-hmm. reminds me of Argento, you know, it, it, it it's uh, interesting you say that because so 
he um, actually worked on this movie and and there's like a different he has his own like in post-production they each made their own version so what? he made a he made a version that like went to italian crowds and uh it has like more music by goblin yeah oh. and then there's then there's romero's version and so my mind's being blown because right that's out. that's why like they in italian like they went on to make like zombie and zombie 2 you know what i mean yeah. like there were continuations of i believe of this but yeah dude but but Romero, we're talking about Romero. You know what I mean? That yeah. that's awesome. I, but I, there is well, some. I that, that that's why you get those vibes from that movie. Yeah, that's fucking epic. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love it. And like you know, just the idea of being, you know, I love the pl- the the setting of it for the most. You know, just being in that mall. You've you've tried to barricade yourself in. You know, for the most part. You know, you, at the beginning of the movie, you gather your your pieces, and you know, everybody kind of ends up at the at the you know the mall but it's it's i don't know i, I always loved that concept of like yeah know, like I, I always joke about like okay you know something happens go take over a fucking costco <laughs> like, well, you know, like go take over a fucking mall man and that's and, something that you see later on so much too yeah well i was just gonna say this this whole like zombie mall setting was recreated in a whole bunch of other things including video games like in left yeah. for dead in left for dead i think it's the second one they're one of the levels is a mall also uh i forget the it's another zombie game i think it might be uh dead rising i could be wrong here hopefully someone will correct me but you're all one of the games like you start out in a mall so it's like definitely you know it's people big. have gone on to pay homages to that yeah definitely dude and and you know like they they continue with the uh the classic zombie in this movie they can hmm. kind of like you know the, the just this this the slow unstoppable kind of zombie where it just you know, you know if, if sheer volume overwhelms you you're fucked <laughs> like, but you can mm-hmm. probably outrun it if you you know true <laughs> but there's i don't know i just yeah i i there's just so like this is one of those one of those movies that i can rewatch so often you know i i go down to fucking rainy day records and check it out of their little video library that's cool that's amazing (laughs) i wonder if there's something like that here in spokane yeah Two, two of my favorite things about this movie are and part of the reason why the movie's so good is tom savini's special effects oh dude savini is a god and like you see you see Mm -hmm. so much come from him in this movie oh yeah good point man and then my second favorite thing and he's someone we haven't talked about in a while and whenever i talk about him i always joke about being the dad from keenan and kel (laughs) but ken ken foray's in this movie and he's great he's he is like in terms of like the actors like i think he's the fucking highlight for sure (laughs) 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 but keenan and kel dad oh my god yeah this movie just like us you know the setting the this like the the visual aesthetic the, the 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 soundtrack to this movie the it just it it all just culminates in into i don't know just this like it's not like a a horror experience fully you know what i mean like you feel kind of trapped but mm-hmm. but you, i don't know it's just a fucking awesome ride this movie and totally and, and totally. i think I, I think it's interesting you know that they tried to like you know they tried to keep this sort of you know um 
movie series alive a little bit. It goes fucking wild. Then you know, <laughs> and right. they, then they do some remakes in the two thousands that were, uh, you know, they're kind all of. Right. They're all right. They're they're just you know they just I think what 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 they miss is that there's not, you know, you don't have the practical effects of, of Savini. You don't have like the 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 like the, the charm of the soundtrack. And you, I don't know. It, yeah, I it's get just, what you're saying. Yeah, it's there's something the magical about these '70s movies, man. They really had, totally, they really, they totally. really lean on like, on not just like the 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 perf- I don't know. They they lean on so much, and mm. I think a lot of that had to do with being forced to do practical effects back in there. Totally. So, which anyway, which we've mentioned before is just the best. Yeah, practical effects. <laughs> are the bus, man. Yeah, uh, completely yeah. agree. Yeah, love it, and honestly, like. Yeah, George Romero, like, give you know, he he became even though he may may have not wanted to get pigeonholed at first. Like, there's no way you can talk about zombies without talking about right. George Romero now, and I think that's a fucking awesome. Yeah, like, it's not that a bad is an thing. Incredible thing, you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Rest in peace to Romero, man. Well, because when people, or maybe he's maybe he'll come back. <laughs> there, there's even like a oh wow, there's even like people talk about types of zombies, and then they they mention. That's that's a Romero type of zombie, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Helmed that, you know what I mean? So yeah, no, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. It's a good. It's a it's it's a fun watch. Yeah, it definitely has some gruesome effects, some awesome kills. You Hell know yeah. what I mean? Um. So before we jump into my last, it's a it's a 1979 movie. So I'm going to finish off my shoutouts with a couple more. Uh. So, uh, Amityville Horror. Which oh yes, it's another one of those that's like potentially based on a true story type of things, mm-hmm. and it's a great movie. Um, another, uh, probably one of my favorite Cronenberg movies came out in 1979, The Brood. The Brood. Which, if people have never seen it, go see it. It's it's just, ugh. it's a, it's a gross movie, but it's a great movie. Um, also in '79, we have. What's up? I was, I was just gonna say that became Cronenberg's uh, mo after a while. Gross but great. <laughs> right, right. Uh, two more shout-outs, both in '79 as well. Uh, when a stranger calls, which oh, yeah. is one of the creepiest premises and has one of the greatest like opening sequences of a movie. Um, just that concept, you know what I mean? I lo- I, lo- I like movies that were that are based off of urban legends. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, dude. It gives you that yeah. same like almost like uh almost like almost like that like we were talking about with you know during the exorcist thing where it's like you, you don't you know urban legends are one of those things you're like could it be real like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah of course it could <laughs> someone could sneak into your house you know what i mean it's just a creepy concept yeah for i think real. i think for me the most like i love horror but home invasion always is so fucked up to me because it could happen to anybody at any time and i don't like thinking yeah. that no yeah. Um, last shout out is an over the top fucking movie, Tourist Trap. It's just oh. so. You never seen? Have you never seen? No. It? What's the what the fuck oh is Tourist my Trap? God, dude. It's <laughs> oh my god, dude. Explaining it would not do it. It has okay. one of the most ridiculous killers and costumes, and it's just an awesome. It's just basically like these teens are happen across this like tours attraction in this like old rundown town and you get these creepy oh, characters no. and this guy that's like obsessed with dolls it's like making oh doll God. it's 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 awesome movie it dude. sounds it's, fucking epic i'm gonna have to watch you, that yeah. fucker you're you're gonna have to but uh tourist trap 
Okay. Tourist trap. It's amazing. But uh, another amazing 1979 horror movie that actually went on to have multiple sequels. Um, is, but the first one I think is the best is Phantasm. Oh, dude. And this is another one of those movies that has like a gigantic cult following. And I understand why. Yeah, man. Well, Phantasm, I was like, I, I was a uh, sort of, I, I discovered Phantasm late. You know, same, same. Like, I had always seen it on list, but I never had like gotten my hands on a copy or had the, the ability to watch it. It was never like on TV circulating, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so, but yeah, dude, like you have what's like just the tall man, right? Like, oh my god, I, that's the character's name, right? Mm-hmm. Like that dude became a fucking icon, also, man. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah, yeah, and but okay, so so the phantasm t- it takes place most like center like it's centered around a mortuary, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's it's one of those movies that I think one of the reasons I like it so much is that I've mentioned this before about movies too is it doesn't slap you in the face with trying to overexplain everything. This movie leaves a lot up to you to decipher like it doesn't explain at all really who the tall man is or where he came from or how he has these powers or where this the spheres come from you know what i mean like yeah i just think it's great in that way where it doesn't explain it a lot and it makes it even more creepy um well it's something i think that uh, modern movies don't do enough of is they leave you that mystery man like you know what i mean like i think back then they you know movie makers were like relying on you know people to sort of have that like imagination to sort of branch off and be like okay now i'm gonna go home and think about like where did he come from like where, yeah totally it? totally you know, like so i just this movie just has the way it's filmed the cinematography like it, it's almost this like dream like uh quality to it um but it just it i don't it's another one of those movies too when they were making it i don't think that it would that they realized that it was going to be as um What's the word I'm looking for? I don't think they had like because, like I said, it spawned so many sequels and it has such a big cult following. And all the sequels are great, are in their own right good too. But mm-hmm. I don't think they expected that because it's just one of those small budget. Like I've never, I never really heard of the director uh, Don Coscarelli before, but he did make. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Beast Master. <laughs> <laughs> he made yes, Beast Master, <laughs> but. Phantasm is Phantasm definitely one of Beastmaster. Phantasm's like a cult horror movie where not everyone has oh. seen it, but I would recommend you go see it because, like, like I said, it just there's like the tall man is great. His little like dwarf zombies that also don't get oh, explained dude. are great. And then the first time you see that fucking sphere fly through the air, the spikes pop out, go into someone's fucking forehead, and the blood spurt out is dude. such an amazing visual. It yeah, it fucking. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's oh, a beautiful. Yeah. It's it's, it's so great. Fucking awesome. And okay, dude, I had to call back to you. You mentioned that this movie kind of almost has this like dreamlike state sort of look mm-hmm. to it at times. I fucking loved that aesthetic about this movie when I mm-hmm. when I find, when I watch it. You know, it's because because it is like you don't, especially if, like you know following following the main character a little. You don't. You don't know sometimes if like what's the imagination and what's not. You totally. Know? And so it really was fucking cool that they did some of those scenes in that way where you sort of like 
you know it's discombobulating almost you know? it is it is <laughs> but yeah that oh, good yeah phantasm was it was it just the two sequels to it no there's they ended up being like a uh there's i think there's five of them i think they ended up <gasps> making a, fi- a fifth one a couple years ago um yeah there's five, i think pretty sure there's five of them the Dude. second one the second and third one are really good there's a sequence in the second one where like they go to this run downtown and it's this kid that lives in this house by himself and has it all booby trapped that is an amazing sequence like and i think it's cool that the same act like the uh the guy that plays reggie like was oh, in yeah. I, I think he's in all the sequels oh that's um, cool yeah and he he's fantastic as that character it's just like i said it's one of those movies that a lot like kind of like uh puppet master is another one where you know the sequels have their waning quality but the first puppet master is so fucking amazing it's one of those that has another cult following and it's a great movie a great idea yeah dolls are fucking creepy like we'll talk about that movie at some point too but dolls are dolls are forever creepy i'm just gonna say yeah they will always be forever (laughs) also i just have to point out the dude that plays the tall man i just looked at him up his name is angus scrim angus scrim yeah fucking epic (laughs) fucking epic and honestly you know shout out to that dude for really creating that iconic performance he's great he's just so menacing the way like yeah it's awesome just like because i mean anytime he's anytime you see his presence it's just like this looming fucking totally figure, you know it's like just, barreling towards you like it'd be frightening yeah like what the fuck and are you it's gonna in do a about fucking that? and it's in a mausoleum like it's terrible it's, yeah. gra- it's a great setting it's a really great setting and a really uh, again like some like just performances that knocked it out of the park oh no it really was and i think it like helped transition into the 80s which were like obviously we've talked about 80s like the slasher boon like 80s is when horror took off you know what yeah. i mean oh yeah but so, but uh, but again though that wouldn't have happened with the fucking groundwork that we see in this in the 70s decade man. that's true like, that's true you know like i wonder you know like yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I wonder if, we, like, where Wes Craven, like, you know, like, how, I, I, I want to look up to, like, look into where he really got his start. Because, you know, we talked about, like, Last House on the Left being his first movie and stuff. Did, like, uh, you know, did he just, like, pop out of nowhere with that script? Like, I don't know. But this, this, this decade gave us some really great, like, starts, some really great, like, mm-hmm. baseline, like, kind of things that get replicated, as well totally. as, like, the introduction to, like, actors and, and directors and stuff that we see in the future, which is fucking mm-hmm. rad, man. Yeah. But, but, yeah, I think I think this was a, like, like, you, like you mentioned, I think this is a good, like, at the beginning of the podcast, this is a good place to kind of s- start modern horror, if you're, if you're just, if you're getting into horror at totally. all, you know what I mean? But, gosh. Yeah. Totally. Just some, like, I mean, and we mentioned a handful of movies uh, on this episode that you should definitely watch if, or you should definitely have watched, I'll say. Yeah. Uh, but also there's, our, there's tons, uh, man. There's yeah. tons. Our apologies if we left some out, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to. We're not going to cover everything. It, yeah. Everybody's fancy, but. It'd be like a six hour podcast. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know, we just like, I think we get, I think this is a good taste of what did come from the, from that that decade and it gives you gives you and myself like some other stuff to like you know continue to go back and watch yeah hell yeah man totally Uh, but yeah 
epic episode 30 if you ask me though man like this totally this uh is like the i think this will be a fun re kind of you know benchmark every now and then like you said we'll do uh yeah you know some yeah. genre roundup or we'll talk about something else specific and yeah i know. got some ideas written down that we'll be, that we'll have to talk about hell yeah. yeah i'm just looking forward to the future of this so yeah hell yeah because the potting doesn't stop nope all right well we'll leave this here for episode 30 hot dogs or or corn dogs preferably mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I gotta establish the difference um <clears throat> But yeah, we'll be uh, hot back on the heels with another with an episode thirty-one. I promise. All right, David, you got any last thoughts on the? On I do not. I no, do all not. right. Well, then we'll just say good night, hot or dogs, whatever you are. Just dogs.